Rufus, it's an honor and a pleasure. And aside from having to do media, good day for you so far? Pretty good. Yeah, yeah. No, I can't complain. Right. Well, I want to start off by complimenting you on folkocracy. Usually you. the journalist has to go, no, I'm not a fan. No, I'm not a fan. <laughs> this time we're showering with compliments. And it's cool to see that it's a star-studded affair. When did you actually finish the record? Um, I, oof, that's a good question. Uh, Oh, it's, it's been a while. It's been a few months. Um, I think, uh, yeah, even, even I, I seem to remember it was very hot in New York. So it must have been, yeah, like in September or something that we finished it. So, uh, so, 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 yeah, we, it's had a chance, it's had a chance to gestate. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, and then we've, we've had a chance to really, you know, set up a good, um you know show uh that you know uh, which will be premiered you know on june 2nd uh, at disney hall so so it's yeah it's we're, we're very professional <laughs> always been professional and you've always been a gravitational pull to other artists yeah. a lot of artists will go i'm the only artist here like for example i love david lee roth but the day that david lee roth shares the spotlight with another artist will be yeah. a full day in hell <laughs> you've always kind of been at the center of this great artistic community did you yeah. know that you want to make such a collaborative record when you finish yeah. this one yeah i mean i think that that's actually uh, very pertinent for this album because because of you know i'm 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 trying to engender the whole uh folk spirit which which is about you know sharing and harmonizing and being you know um, present. Uh, so so, uh, so yeah, it made sense to have you know I didn't want this this record to be defined as like a duets album, um, right? Um, but nonetheless, there are quite a few, um, and uh, yeah, but it's more within that folk tradition that were that, that that I think is actually sorely missed at the moment and 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 highly um valuable uh when you think of how you know mechanical everything has gotten and how people you know don't really hang out in the same room anymore so so it's uh yeah it's, I think it's 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 a a good point to take in terms of that duet album that's something you can keep up your sleeve though when you mm -hmm. want to do your supernatural Santana yeah, album, yeah. <laughs> it, you know Three albums from now, maybe we'll get that. But yeah. that that says a lot about your artistic career in that you could do covers along right. these lines in the folk spectrum. You could do the Judy Garland thing. We kind of never know what kind of Rufus album is coming next. Is yeah. that by design? Yeah, I mean it's it's not by design per se, but 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 I think it was the initial strategy that I just kind of accepted and then just moved forward on which was that uh i was going to be uh kind of a type of octopus you know a musical octopus and uh mainly because it's it's what interests me i mean is I, I get i get a little um i'm easily bored i guess by by uh by by certain things so so i wanted to you know uh, uh, mix it up and 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 in turn what i found is is that the other you know 
um, elements are are therefore influenced by by each other. You know, I kind of bring a little bit of opera to my rock and a bit of rock mm -hmm. to my folk and so forth. It's like I'm sort of like some I, I feel like a bit of a parasite or something. <laughs> no, no one's going to call you a culture vulture because <laughs> authentic from my opinion or from my stance. And it's great to see that you're able to include so many different genres. Like I never yeah. thought that we'd see Susanna Hoffs and Nicole Scherzinger on the same record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. just multiple generations. So yeah. when it comes to your artistic endeavors, I think you've been very prolific over the years. In other words, it's not been a between eight albums kind of scenario. Are no. you the kind of artist who's recording all the time, even if they're not using it for an album? I I mean, I'm writing all the time. Um, I I, um, I seem to have developed a sort of uh, bodily function of sorts in terms of songwriting. It's it's just it's how I uh, really digest and 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 then you know alleviate <laughs> my feelings about the world. Um, so 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 that just happens naturally. Um, I've also taken up uh, drawing lately a lot. I've been doing a lot of illustrations. So that's um, that's a way to actually kind of cool down the music a little bit. Because, um, yes, I have been doing a lot and it's uh, it's great. But, I, but you know, it's, it's also, you know, whatever. It, it, it's, it's uh, you gotta, people have to be able to listen to it all too. <laughs> 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 well, thankfully, uh, without naming names, you're not one of those artists who does two or three albums a year okay. because that's too much. Yeah, hey, not that I'm slagging Green Day, but when they announced ah. three <laughs> albums at the same time, I went, how about one that's just solid? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, <laughs> I think I think there's a definite argument in many cases for people to take two or three albums and sort of siphon it down a bit to one and instead of <laughs> doing the three albums have the one and then have the deluxe box set for the 15th anniversary because yeah, you had your leftovers go. yeah there you go Perfect. then your publishing deals fulfilled because they're happy that they got major label cuts yeah. now i have to imagine that you're at the point in your career where it's no longer about the publishing deal that you're just calling the shots on that <laughs> yeah i mean i i i think i'm done with my i i signed a few publishing deals and I believe I've recouped on most of them. Um, <laughs> I, uh, you know, kind of kept you going somewhat. Uh, uh, it was by no means a, you know, a deal uh, or whatever, a good deal. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but, I, but I needed the advance at the time and, and, uh, and so forth. Um, but yeah, no, I'm not, uh, I'm debating, you know, they'll come, the publishing question will come up again in a few years. But yeah, at the moment, I'm, 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 I'm good. What I find that artists of your stature, when they have a lot of leftover songs, they kind of go, well, I should get into the co-writing game, you know, yeah. where it's the one, two, three people in a room with the artist and yeah. doing that kind of thing. Was that ever a phase of your career? Well, I will say that, you know, look, I live in L.A. and uh, and I have, you know, the, I just recently, you know, worked with Miley Cyrus on her. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, did, I played piano for her for her. Uh, backyard session and um so we hung out there and then and then you know i certainly in terms of of doing this folkocracy you know seeing brandy carlisle who has this meteoric rise you know so i'm in the i'm in the halls of power shall we say um and uh 
And yeah, I I I, I wouldn't be averse to to having a song on on, on someone's hit record for sure. <laughs> for the the Miley thing, were you roped in by any chance through Stacy Jones? No, no, it was, it was through her manager David Russell. Uh, so no, so yeah, so. Stacy, her drummer, is this magic power broker that people don't really? realize that okay. he was the drummer in Veruca Salt, okay. the Cleo, and then he became the American Hi-Fi guy. Wow. And when you hold on to an MD gig for 15 years, wow. obviously you're doing something right. I'm, I think I, I, it's a man, Stacy. Stacy's a man. Yes, yes. Okay, okay. I, I, I met him. I met him. Yeah, at the rehearsal. I, I'm now that, now that you mentioned him, it's, it's, I'm clocking in. It happens. Well, with all the genres that you've partaken in, did you ever have a metal phase as a music fan? Uh, uh, I mean, look, I'm not against metal, uh, and uh, so, so, but I, but I can't say that I've ever, you know, been struck by it <laughs> terribly. I, I think, I think, look, I'm, I'm a big opera fan. So that kind of takes care of my, you know, overwrought anger, <laughs> Wagner and stuff. So, so I tend to go Wagnerian when I'm thinking metal. Well, of course, yeah. classically trained as a piano player, but I just figured a lot of people when they start out in their early days of piano, they tried to learn Home Sweet Home uh, by Motley Crue on piano okay. for a party trick. Was that okay. ever in your repertoire? <laughs> no, that wasn't, that wasn't. I just, uh, I was, I was, you know, I was writing my own songs pretty early on. So, uh, in fact, I was probably doing that more than practicing, you know, the pieces oh. that I should have been learning, so. And then um, also No Right Now by Van Halen, that's not also no. the part. <laughs> I grew up in Canada. We were much more, you know, whatever, bashful. So, so I have to make more tragically hip references? There you go, there you go. Or, or Blue Rodeo or Blue Corey, Rodeo. Hart, Corey Hart, you know. Wow. Yeah, Corey Hart's an interesting one where we in the States look at him as a one or two hit kind of guy. And yeah. in Canada, the hits never stopped. Yeah. He's fighting yeah. for other artists, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. For, yeah. for you and your popularity, and I'm the one calling you popular and acclaimed. Okay. Okay. That's not your words here. Which of the territories for you? And I ask that because if you're a harder rock band, it's usually Germany, England. Right. Yeah. If, if uh, you're a singer-songwriter, it's not usually Japan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have sadly, I haven't played Japan in many, many years. There, my first record did really well in Japan, um, and and I would go there uh, seasonally. But uh, but 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 it's been a while. Um, I would say uh, if you in in Europe, actually, it's 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 an interesting you know checker checkered board, uh, where on one hand, you know, in 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 Spain and Portugal, I'm huge. In the Iberian Peninsula, and and then right across the the border in in France, I can't get arrested. <laughs> I do okay in Paris and and stuff, but it's just right. like once you cross that border, it's just like who's he? And then and then and, that, and the same with Italy. But then but then Germany, you know, it, it it's fairly um, reasonable. I think they've they've accepted me. England has always been great, and Scandinavia, Scandinavia is, is always a joy. They love me in Scandinavia. My mother actually once um, said to me that I, what it probably is is that the countries that get me the most and understand me the best are ones that have very, very vibrant folk cultures, actually. When you mm. think of flamenco or you think of, you know, English folk rock or whatever. So it's, they, they kind of get that. Um, so, so the folk thing is actually... Uh, 
it's sort of a key to a lot to I think a lot of my European success. That makes sense. So with folk folkocracy is the new record, and you mentioned yes. the upcoming show that you're playing soon. How much of your set list do you intend to be from that record versus your other bajillion albums and hits? Well, the, well, there's there's two albums actually that we're going to be um, uh, promoting. I mean, the, the main one, of course, is folk folkocracy. So so there'll be a lot from folkocracy, not all of it. Uh, but then the other one is called it's called um, it's called the McCabe Sessions Road Trip Elegies, and it's this album I made for Audible actually, or it's songs for an audible project that I did. And it's a record that is, is not available anywhere, but in the venue that night, we sell them on the road. And it's a beautiful record that I made at McCabe's, a live record of, of all sorts of songs from all sorts of- Sorry to cut you off, McCabe's Guitar Shop. In yeah, McCabe, McCabe's Guitar oh, Shop, wow. recorded it live there. So it's it's a live record that, that I'm really happy with. And uh, so that will be, we'll be doing songs from that as well. So uh, you'll have to come in and discover. Yeah, now I know. Now I'm, less... now, I'm, now, I'm now I'm now I'm pulling a Green Day on you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, well, that's fantastic about Audible. My to be all name checky, my friend Stacy does a lot of acquisitions over there, and I knew she was always looking for books. And Amazon has a lot of singles and one offs and exclusives, so I didn't realize that Audible was in the game of that. Yeah, did you know outright? Hey, this is an Audible project. When you started working on it. No, I, I, I had had, I had heard word that, that they were looking for content and I had this funny idea hanging around in the back of my head of, of doing um, a 10 hour car ride with my therapist <laughs> from Montreal to New York and recording it and, and then, you know, interspersing that with music and they, they took the bait. <laughs> when you have a car session with your therapist, yeah. is it, is it considered 10 hours straight billable like that? Or oh, well, when Audible is paying, yes. <laughs> Brilliant. And then uh, I was also curious with the different levels of fame and different levels of country. Uh, do you do the same set list regardless of where you are in the world? Do you tell them what they're doing or do you go, well, the first album was big here, so let's build it around? The I mean, there's, there's occasions where I, where I shift it a little bit here and there. Like if I'm in France, for instance, I will do French songs, more French songs, because I speak French. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but, but, but it's very, it's very subtle, very subtle. Not, not, I, I usually like to dictate the, the game. Dictate the game. Is that an upcoming song title of yours? <laughs> it, I was in the room, so publishing's 50-50 on that one. Anyway, <laughs> is there anything in your career that you're still hoping will happen, or is this just the level yeah. of fame that you were hoping for? No, actually, what, what's happening now, and which I have talked about, though I can't go into to detail, um, but, I, but I'm happy to really state it at the moment, is that I'm really aiming my guns at, at Broadway at the moment i i have several projects that that are in the works and and at a certain point i really want to make that push to uh to you know dominate the broadway world and and the west end uh only because it's it's been something that for years people have told me that i really should do i mean i mean or that i have the you know my songs have a, have a theatrical bent to them and there's right. they're definitely influenced by that genre so so i'd like to really make a college try in that in that world Not and as a, many other people of my contemporaries have you know duncan Sheik or 
or Cindy Lauper and people like that. So it's Adam it's Schlesinger, you know. Yeah. Lots, so lots it's so it's it's. I think I think I should I I. It's a you know I, I'm warranted, shall we say? <laughs> that makes sense, but not a jukebox musical. No originals. It would be all originals and and um, and so forth. Well, last question I have for you has nothing to do with folkocracy, the McCabe's record, nothing like that. Putting you on the spot here. What's a TV recommendation for me and the wife that we should be digging into? TV. Uh, hmm. Well, I really enjoyed the uh, the the Paul Newman six part series uh, that Ethan Hawke made. Hmm. Yeah, it's I called I, I think it's called uh, The Last Movie Stars or something. Is that an uh, Apple TV thing? I'm not sure what it's on, uh, but it's yeah. It was it it was it was really interesting. I really enjoyed it. So it's and it's it's yeah. It's all about Paul Newman and 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 Joanne Woodward, his wife. So and it's a great husband and wife movie night and so forth. So check it out. Well, hey Rufus, thank you for the many years of great art. It's it's great. You're the third Wainwright I've had the pleasure of interviewing, mm -hmm. but the best. Don't don't tell Aww. me. Okay? You say that to all the Wainwrights. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't. But I look forward to your Van Halen covers record in the near future and, and your next New York show as well. Great, thank you so much. Aside from travel, dealing with me, I know those are two big caveats right there. How's your day going, Jeff? Everything's great. We went uh, uh, to the uh, Reichstag earlier today and um, just cruising around Berlin, having had lunch with our son and uh, loving being here. I've never been to Berlin. It's uh, an amazing yeah. city. It's an amazing I, city. I haven't been to Germany before. I hear that in a big city like Berlin, you can get by in English and you're fine on that end. Yeah. I mean, most everybody speaks English. My German is non-existent, but there everybody speaks English. It's really, it's really easy to get around. You're and not I'm using Spanish at all to, to get by. I, I've seen your stand-up. So you know, I, this, what's funny is is I've actually uh, uh, my kid was making fun of me when I when I, I accidentally slip into Spanish for people. And yes, yes, two days, twice in two days, we met people and were able to communicate with them in Spanish. And actually, a third time today, a woman from Portugal, uh, a couple from Venezuela, and today a guy from Chile. So, uh, you know, and they spoke German, but they also spoke Spanish and English. Makes sense. Well, hey, we're not here to talk about your your vacations or your multilingual habits. We're here to talk about how the Garcias came back to you, the U.S. rights and all that. Yes. Yes. So. That is what I would call a smart businessman move right there. When you know, well, well, my assumption is we're not getting it handled the way that we want. Let's put it back in the hands that are going to handle it correctly. Or do I have that wrong? I think that's a fair assessment. You know, we, we, we ended up really doing our own marketing because when we launched, we launched literally as the transition was happening. And, you know, you can imagine the madness that was going on at that company or any company that would experience yeah during a transition. So they just kind of said, Hey, you're, you're in charge of marketing. You got one week's notice tag, you're it. And, uh, and at that point I was like, you know, we know our show, you know, yeah. and a lot of people don't realize we had no executives on our show. Uh, they didn't know who wrote it. They didn't know who directed it, who acted in it. And, and, and actually I think it was a, I, I hope that the, the Warner people came out of that with a, with, to me, that, that, that was a really, a valuable experience, I think, for executives, because oftentimes executives are well-meaning, 
Mm -hmm. And and they want to give notes. In some cases, there's always been a contentious relationship between showrunners and executives. Right. And and one of the other problems we often hear with Latinos is, you know, when you have non-Latino executives giving you notes, you're like, well, wouldn't they do this? I'm like, no, they wouldn't do that. And how do you, you know, and you don't want to get into an argument with somebody. Right. So, so when, you know, one of the most co frequent comments I got about the show was the show is very authentic. And I think that's because we didn't have any interference. And I think that can be a good thing. I'm sure there are shows that need more handholding. We didn't. Um, mm -hmm. And and then when it came time that they were uh, getting out of the family business, I think that was back in November. They're back in it now. But um, it is confusing over there. Are they in the superhero business, the stand-up business, HBO? You know, they they're good to me with giving me talent. But you, it's hard to define what HBO is and what HBO does, what HBO Max is, what HBO Max does. And yeah. I, I think we're on the same page on that well, end. I, I, I'm just direction. kind of like, I, I'm taking the position of, I'm just thrilled that they got gave, you know, when I first said, we're going to go get the rights back, all my friends said, you're nuts. That'll never happen because we own the show. We've always owned the show. Right. But they had a long, they had a nine year window left on the show. And, oh. And, and, and so the fact that we were able to negotiate that window and reacquire the show and make that window go away, uh, that was that was a really good thing for us. And now uh, we're going out to market. And, um, you know, I would tell you who we're talking with, but then I'd have to kill you. So uh, <laughs> I want to do that. And uh, um, and we're, we're just thrilled to tears to have it back. And we know our show. And, and I think that's kind of the new, maybe hopefully this is the new world that that show creators start reowning their content. So if you mm -hmm. look back back in the old days of Aaron Spelling and Carsey Warner and those guys, they own their content, right? Right. And 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 then when you know everything in the in the big media thing merged and it was you know the platforms and the studios they were all one. You couldn't own anything. You, it's really uh, I think that had good good implications and bad ones. So we are big. Uh, um, you know, we, we are big champions of, of owning our own content and trying to teach others on how to own their own content. Because at the end of the day, a studio is just a bank, right? That's basically yeah. all they are. They're just a bank and a bank with executives that want to tell you how to do your show, right? So I, I'm like telling creatives going, you know what, banks need, to, banks need to do business with you because they can't stay open if they don't do business with you. I have to say, before I say, hi, how are you and all that, impressive background you got there. I want more <laughs> than I need. Is, is that a carefully curated background or just accidentally what stuff looks like naturally? Um, I totally live here. No, um, this is actually, this is a still from uh, one of my favorite Allison Chains uh, songs and videos. Um, I do a podcast with my friends from time to time. We talk to uh, different people and I thought it was just kind of a cool background you know it looks looks like I'm sitting somewhere neat um and I love I love the I want more than I need sign I think it I think it says a lot it's it's rock and roll and it's it's just pretty cool looking honestly. very Morrissey not just Alice in Chains I would say definitely uh so <laughs> you're wearing the Alice in Chains garb as well you came onto my radar because of the drum uh are, do you call those drum heads drum what do you call yes uh, so um I think the technical term is a uh, drum head. Uh, I've seen different people call it, you know, kick drum head. The thing on the, the big circle in the front, you know? <laughs> totally, yeah. The ones that you did for Sean Kinney, I eventually had to go, who did those? And then I saw the work for John Five, 
Nancy Wilson, Jimmy Chamberlain, the Smashing Pumpkins. And you go, wow, where did this person come from? Well, what was the first of those gigs that you got? Um, so my first, well, my first paying gig um, that I ever got was uh, with the Smashing Pumpkins in 2021. So um, no pressure or anything. Uh, yeah. It's your, the first people you're going to work with, and it has to be cleared by Billy Corgan. Okay. Um, but it was it was actually a blast. Um, it was for uh, an anniversary of an album I really cared about um, called Gish, and they wanted a Blacklight mm -hmm. poster. And they just kind of plucked me because I was a fan. I had drawn some stuff. Um and that's kind of the origin of most of the the people that I've been lucky enough to work with who are, by the way, I've been so, so lucky. Everyone's very kind. Um, I do. I haven't had a bad experience yet. Um, and it really all comes from being a fan. Uh, I got to kind of be a professional fan in a way. I draw things that I like, things that I yeah. find aesthetically kind of cool looking. And uh, through the use of the Internet, making good use of Instagram, um, I get people to see it. And so it went from the Smashing Pumpkins seeing something to um, Nancy Wilson was also a blast. She was actually looking for an artist that was kind of doing uh, as kind of a soft psychedelia. I want to say something with more of a, uh, a less trippy touch, but kind of still encompass that that energy. Yeah. Um, and uh, I drew her on a whim and she was like, that's what I've been looking for. And since then, we've done we've done so much together. And again, she's just a wonderful person as well. Uh, with Sean, um, I think that came from working with Jerry Cantrell, actually, uh, which, again, through Instagram, uh, Brighton came out. I drew wow. him. Yeah, it's it's a lot of luck. It's a lot of um, drawing every to, single day. And To cut you off right there, and before yeah. I, I want to hear more about that, Craigslist used to be all the rage, but you'd only hear Craigslist stories that were ne negative, like, oh, well, that person yeah. got scammed or robbed. And then Instagram, I'm used to hearing stories of, and then that person tried to pick me up. And then it got in inappropriate. You seem to only have positive Instagram stories. Well, I'm only telling the positive Instagram stories. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Actually, so yeah, I cut you off there. Jerry Cantrell first, then Sean. Yeah, well, it's it's kind of funny because you're just on the subject of Instagram. You're right. I'm actually, uh, believe it or not, I'm not the uh, biggest fan of social media all the time. I think, sure. I think at a certain point you, you scroll through and it's like, either nothing but selfies or kind of just influencers in, in the wild. Yeah. And so I, part of me is very, you know, not not with it, but um, utilizing it uh, and drawing like every day, uh, using it to learn things from different people, to see cool things uh, like like music and stuff. Um, I have kind of kept it on the positive side and um, interaction. And it's one of those things like we used to have to write letters, maybe to a P.O. box, to yeah. a fan club with the hopes that some cool fan guy would write back to us. Um, and yeah, with, with Instagram, this, that's totally made that easier. Um, so like with Jerry, for example, I, I had drawn, Brighton had come out um, and I had drawn him in a cool kind of, uh, just kind of feeling. Everything's kind of on a whim and a what I feel like things sound like or should look like. And he reposted that and was like, I wanna make that a shirt. So his management company contacted me and like, let's do it. So we did it. And um, then I did some posters for him on the Brighton tour, which was, kind of brought out in a similar way uh which is something I'd always wanted to do I feel so lucky to have done that all the other yeah. artists who did those posters by the way are stunning they're amazing um I'm in awe of their talent as well and then from from what I've heard uh they were Alice was kind of rehearsing and they were um Sean was like oh you know this this drum head and they're like dude you should really update that like you've been using that for a while and I love it it's it's a dog so of course I'm, I'm all for it but um Jerry somehow brought up my name and said, if you want something trippy and kind of psychedelic, which he he did, um, here's Sketchy Goat. And next thing I know, um, 
his his tech contact me who's a contacted me who's a wonderful person as well and we got to working together and and i have to say he has such a great artistic eye all of the um most of the reference photos he gave me um the color choice he uh, had a lot of input on as well so he's, mm -hmm. he's just got a yeah a dream client uh great to work with the drum heads that you did included Ann B. Davis, aka Alice from the Brady Bunch, and Betty White giving the metal signs. And I think that illustrates that Alice in Chains does the most serious music ever about dying, and then the <laughs> humor. And somebody once showed me a photo of a set list they got from an Alice in Chains show, and it would say, you know, man on the box, fart. <laughs> you know, that <laughs> yeah. kind of a, a thing. That's them. Yeah. That's they're they're such fun guys and I got the I got the lucky opportunity to kind of hang out with them um what was Sean on this on this last tour as a you know a thank you and like who's doing my art kind of thing and um they he is just uh first of all they're all so smart they're and yeah. and so funny and so kind so it's just um they're they're a blast they're an utter blast Outro cast.